0: Welcome to The O Show, your number one podcast for everything training, mindset, and nutrition. I am your host, Ora McCurry, and it is my goal to help you access the best information around to allow you to kick ass in the gym, in the kitchen, and most importantly, in your head. Between my own experiences and those of my amazing guests, I'm confident we will do that. So let's strap in and level up your life starting right now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, guys. Welcome to today's episode of The O Show. I am your host, Oren McCorry, and I am here today on episode number eight with Adam Parr, all the way from the UK, world-class body transformation coach, specialised in photo shoots and numerous other coaching challenges. And uh, we're going to have a great chat here today. I mean, how are you today? Very good, thank you. All good this end. Perfect, mate. Perfect. And, mate... I know who you are. Obviously, I've followed you for a while and we've connected and we spoke before. But for anyone who doesn't know who you are, give us a little brief background as to, you know, maybe how you get into the fitness industry,
1: who you currently work with, anything you think is relevant, buddy. Yeah, so I'll give, I'll give you the, the, the brief overview. So my background's rugby. That's what i had done from a, from a young age. Um, and I played, it was my life back then, played rugby. That's what really got me into health and fitness. Um, reached a good level at that, at like the schoolboy level, which led me sort of into the professional route as I left school. So I lived and slept and breathed all the all the rugby. But I was that odd one who loved the strength and conditioning side of it. You know, like a lot of rugby players would love playing the games, and then they'd hate doing the strength and conditioning. And I almost loved the strength and conditioning just as much, if not more, than the rugby. So that was, it was always my passion. Um, And that led me to going to Loughborough University. I did rugby alongside studying sports science so that was three years of my life back then and then I actually graduated Loughborough University with a sports science degree Um, but being honest I didn't know what I was going to do. I suppose a lot of people can probably relate to that and then I, I was searching for like graduate jobs and you know I actually ended up getting an office job for a bit and it was While I was working that office job, I was thinking, like, what am I doing? Like, I just, I couldn't do it. Um, And I was just flicking in the back of a magazine. It was was like men's health or men's fitness, something along those lines. And I saw an an advertisement for a personal trainer course. And I thought, that's me, that is, you (laughs) know, I'd love to do that. You know, the the background was there in rugby. I, I took it all seriously. I actually had the sports science degree. And I thought, yeah, this is for me. And I did that. Uh, i think it was with premier global the the company did that did my three month qualification the day after i went to a gym which was fitness first and then just dive straight into it Uh, and that was 2008 so um quite a long time ago now and i my route as a personal trainer was i did all in on the gym floor for years and years and years learning my trade 50 hours a week working i was a busy fool um working all the hours and then um i guess it changed in like 2012 2013 i fell into uh, competing i just sort of like just went down that route i competed in 2013 i did a competition um it was called miami pro i won that and, and suddenly started getting traction online um so what's that That's like 9 years ago now isn't it um so suddenly before i knew it I, One day, I wasn't an online coach. The day after I was getting all these messages saying, can you do me a food plan? Can you do me a training program? And I was kind of like, yeah, okay, I can do that. (laughs) And then suddenly I had 10, 15, 20 clients and I wasn't really sure what I was doing back then, just sort of like making it up as I go. And then I sort of found my feet and built my business and, and the online business grew from there. And ever since 2013, I have just slowly tapered down on the one-to-one and the online personal training has has grown. Um, And here we are today, 2020. I'm 100% online, working with clients, you know, pretty much all over the world, as as I'm sure you are, just helping. Generally, it's probably like 70% guys. I attract 30% females, but generally busy professionals who've lost contact or, or just drop the ball a bit with their health as they're focused on their career and their family and other things. And I'm just helping them get back into fitness um, and regain their health again. Yeah, insane, man, insane. And, mate,
0: it seems like we said at the start we were catching up, like we're in a lot of the same circles now and everything. It seems like that story you said is it like very similar to mine, minus the rugby, but like everything is a year earlier. Like I don't support science. You graduated 20 2008 and moved into coaching I graduated 2009 and started to coach and then uh, you started online in 2013 I started online in 2014 it's like you've done everything right. just yeah. one year ahead of me um, yeah. you made so so um, and I, I can remember you being that uh, it must have been around the Miami pro time and seeing your name and being known for that um, physique at the time and that's like years later i seen your name in the, these different groups and I was like I know that guy, like, you know, and then obviously followed you and connected with you, mate. So, like, give us the to the the extent, I guess, of how how rapidly did the business grow online after that? Because I can imagine, like, you know, a, a champion physique coming off. Well, Miami Pro was pretty big back in 2013. Like, everyone would have seen that and thought, well, this guy looks good. Like, so, like, give you any idea of roughly how many
1: inquiries would have come in in that sort of month after that? Oh, yeah, it's it's really hard to quote numbers. I can't remember it, but I can just it was drastic. Um, yeah. and you know, because my personal training business, I'll be really honest back then when I was just APT in a gym, it I, I wasn't doing that well. And that's been yeah. me really, really honest. It wasn't, and I remember my mom used to do my accounts, and honestly, I was just saying to her, like, you know, what am I gonna do? You know, this isn't <laughs> looking good. And then it yeah, like it all changed. And I, I, I do think you're right. I do think back in 2013, 2012. The the competing was kind of just getting going. You know, I remember the uh, Sean Stafford. I think he won the very first one, and then it was a guy called James Alexander Ellis. And it was, I just remember it being a really big thing uh, back then. And then, um, yeah, I guess obviously competing has just grown so much, which is brilliant. Um, But there's there's so many competitions now, aren't there? You know, and all these different federations and. So, yeah, it, it served me very well and I got busy. It was probably too busy for my own good, you know, and I didn't, as I said, I didn't have the all, you know what it's like to try and run an online, a proper online coaching business. You need all the systems, all the back stuff in in hand, the admin, all this stuff. And, yeah. and as I said, I didn't, I was just sort of making it up as I was going along learning on the job, making mistakes, correcting as I was going around. I was still getting results with clients. Yes. Um, but it's just non-comparable to like the business now how it operates now compared to what it was
0: yeah awesome man and that that journey's been like it it must have been awesome to to see that but like obviously i've been on the same journey and like when you do have all that stuff together like you now as a business will be so confident in what you provide to your clients versus
1: you from back then right yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I sometimes get inquiries from clients that I might have worked with you know, three, four or five years ago, and I'd be like, it's completely different now. <laughs> it's a whole like, you, you know, it's non comparable. Um, but that's good, isn't it? That's, that's the online, that, that's the constant challenge, I think, of being an online coach, because it is so busy now, there are a lot of coaches. So you have to really, from a business perspective, you know, like we, we've got the same mentor, haven't we? You know, invest in mentors to try and improve your business and constantly just try and stay at the top, top of the game. And, you know, I always pride myself on getting results, you know, and I always know that if I can constantly just keep getting results with clients and delivering a good service, that retention is always going to be there. And hopefully that the, the business will continue to grow.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So so you're working with these, you know, busy professionals who want to look better, or feel better. like when these people reach out to contact you what sort of state are they normally in like I know everyone's going to be slightly different but like what's the kind of the what's going on with them in terms of you know their food and the training that maybe you classify as a mistake or something that maybe is like a bad habit or something like what would be the biggest sort of things that's that's holding them back from that result themselves
1: um how long you got (laughs) (laughs) no um, two hours here we're good yeah yeah um there's a lot there's a lot going on oh i wouldn't even know where to start i would say you know one of the things i've found as there's more information out there instagram social media websites all this stuff people are just getting more and more confused so sometimes when i'm on a consultation call and I'm speaking to a client for the first time i feel like they're just confused and they don't know what they're doing. They don't know whether to fast or, you know, to go on this liquid diet to do this. To do, I, I, and a lot of the time, what I do is just break stuff down and say, look, it's, it's, it's not as complicated as what you think. We just need to stick to some pr- basic principles and just do them consistently. Um, so I'd say the biggest, one of the most common themes is almost like information overload and then zero application. And zero accountability so I feel in my experience people really really struggle when you when you're juggling multiple things you've got life you've got business you've got all these stresses it's really hard to just stay on track and do the basics and when you invest in a coach obviously you're investing in my knowledge the years of knowledge but it's just that accountability and and that's the 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 main word that obviously everybody uses but it's the game changer And even the most simple—if I give the client the most simplest program to follow, but just make sure they execute consistently—and most people before signing up have never followed something consistently for twelve weeks, for twenty-four weeks—and as soon as they do that, bam, the results start coming in.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. And then with these people, right, they're coming in with all these potentially bad or destructive habits or things that they've picked up along the way that you know, they know they probably shouldn't be doing, but it's holding them back. Like, what do you feel is the, the biggest lever that we can pull to get them winning straight away? Like, is it to focus on sleep steps? Is it the nutrition side? Like, what would be, if you could work on one thing for that first sort of couple of weeks, what would you choose?
1: Ooh, sleep will be <laughs> high up there. Um, yeah. Definitely. Uh, people get into some really bad habits with sleep. Um, but just being more aware of what they're eating, um, mm. so sometimes what I'll get some people doing, well, pretty much, pretty much ninety nine percent of people that come on board, I'll get them tracking. I say ninety, I, I, I don't say everyone because sometimes tracking isn't appropriate. You know, if someone's yeah. had a bad relationship with food in the past uh, or an eating disorder, you know, we'll go down another route. But with the majority of clients, I will simply get them tracking their food and actually just start becoming aware of how much they're consuming yeah. seven days a week what they're eating and what they're drinking and every single client goes wow <laughs> <laughs> i was eating and drinking way more than i thought and it's even it's not about in the early stages it's not about changing everything it's literally just make yourself aware hold yourself accountable and that's why i think my fitness palette is so good literally just track an input it's awful my fitness palette working out your calories yeah you know it it tells you some horrendous numbers but actually just to hold yourself accountable as a food diary and work out what you're putting in each week i think that awareness is massive um and on the on the forms that i have like the client forms that a new client would fill out when they come on board you know one of the questions on there would be like are you um, currently aware of of how many calories you're consuming and 99 i haven't got a clue yeah and Uh, i feel uh, like you know We know this, um, but obviously many clients don't know this, that when you are trying to lose weight, there's loads of things that you need to look at. But number one is is working out your numbers, working out your energy balance and working out what's coming in. And if you're trying to do that without knowing what's coming in, you're going into it blind and you fall for that big, 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 big trap that everyone makes. and, And you say, I'm eating really, really healthy. I'm trying really, really hard. I'm eating good, healthy foods. I just can't seem to lose weight. And so many people, I had a consultation yesterday with a woman on the phone. She said the same thing. And I was like, well, do you know how many calories you're eating? No. Well, it'd be a really, really good start place. Let's work out what you've got. Once we know how much you're eating, then we can make some adjustments. Then we can maybe swap a few foods here and there and start improving your food from there.
0: Yeah, man, 100%. And I don't know if you would agree with this, but I find a lot of people originally, they get their calories and they panic. Because you say if you give a female, say, 2,000 calories to start, like, Two thousand calories—that's so much food. And but if we actually track what they they eat now in terms of the store-bought sandwiches, the things that they eat on the go, or their calories over a full week, when you include that weekend period, on average, they're probably eating a lot more than two thousand. It's just that two thousand calories from nutritious food is different to two thousand calories of randomly grabbed on on stuff. You know,
1: pretty much every client that starts says that. I guarantee, I guarantee it but it's you know when you when you improve the quality of your food when you have more protein it's satiating when you have more fiber it fills you up for longer when you start drinking more water all these things fill you up so people are generally amazed you know sometimes sometimes if you say to, to to a female right you're on 14 or you're on 1600 calories the number can sound quite low but as long as you're smart with your calories and you know you, t- you tick those boxes that i just said high protein high fiber good amount out of water and obviously you sleep well as well that underpins everything if you get these core basics right you can get a lot of food in yeah but it's it, it's often that people will eat far less than that exactly what you just said massive influx of calories at the weekend
0: yeah hundred percent. and then if say for example i signed up today right and i come to you listen i want to change my physique what route would you normally go down in terms of like a flexible approach? Where you give macros versus a strict meal plan, and when can we sort of deploy either to have the the best effect?
1: Yeah, the the plan the plan you use has got to match the goal. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm getting a client, I might take a client who's doing a photo shoot, um, and, or maybe they're a few weeks out, say, um, and I think you know food pump plan, food plans get a bad rep you know, they're often slated on social media. But at the end of the day, I'm a strong believer in there's a time and a place, um, you know, it's it's like saying, oh, you know, machines are bad in the gym. There's always a time and a place on, on where they're applicable. Food plans can be very, very good. The benefit of it, number one, it's simple. It's going to reduce for like busy professionals. It's going to reduce that cognitive load. You haven't got to think about stuff every day. It's going to make it a lot easier to prep. And I think it's absolutely fine to use a food plan with someone as long as you explain the, the bigger vision and as long as you explain the, the exit strategy to say, right, for example, right, oh, we're going to work together, for, you know, for the next few weeks, we want you following this food plan, okay, get strict. After that, we're going to transition, say, to a more flexible approach. I'm going to start bringing more foods in. I think food plan is only a negative approach if that's your only approach. And if your only approach is to say, follow that food plan and you never teach the client anything else then you're just going down a dead end aren't you whereas yeah. my approach would would be let's start tracking your calories first let's get you aware um we might use a food plan to start with to give you some ideas to get you going because often it can seem overwhelming for the clients to start with so it helps to be suggested here's what's the foods you can eat but ultimately teaching them to flexible diet yeah. and when i say flexible diet i think again I think flexible dieting is misunderstood um, my interpretation of flexible dieting would be pretty much like 80% of the time the majority of the foods are the same the same sort of pillars are in place for me personally that would always be like say a smoothie in the morning it's just what I have it's easier. it might be the same lunch a lot of the time often the snacks a protein bar a piece of fruit all these things are the same but then it's just that little 20% around the outside that changes and you know that you can change that and still stay on track yeah and I feel like when you say flexible dieting to people they have this misconception that means oh right that just means I can eat anything and I can change all my different foods every single day and it just gets really really confusing from there yeah Um, and and the same with my fitness pal my fitness pal I'm a massive advocate of it but again only if you teach clients the end goal with it and I always explain my fitness pal is my Fitness Pal is a stepping stone to get you from where you are now, stuck, unhappy, not happy with how you look and how you feel, to your ultimate end goal. And I believe that ultimate end goal for anyone should be intuitive eating, which is sort of going around, not relying on an app, not relying on technology, having the ability to eyeball food, eyeball portions, work out what's in it, and be able to manage your weight with no social yeah. restrictions, you know, if you go out on the weekend, you go to a party, you can have that and stay on track because you just make those adjustments in your head. Yeah. But the problem is, is that if you give a client who's got a bad relationship with food or is, is struggling with their weight and you just explain to them, right, just intuitively eat. <laughs> it, it's not gonna go very well, is no. it? But if you can take a client through a journey of working on my fitness pal, teaching them about nutrition, understanding energy balance, understanding macronutrients actually looking at the foods that they input in my fitness pal so they're like okay right okay so a weetabix has got that many calories okay a banana's got that a chocolate bar's got that and they're getting this knowledge and they're learning it in the store and get they're literally going from here they're using my fitness pal and one day boom they're going to get to that end goal and i feel if you can take a client on that journey through unstuck frustrated feels like nothing can work for them feel like they've tried everything and they can't lose weight through that journey improve their knowledge go into my fitness plan and ultimately get them to intuitively eat yeah I feel like that's the ultimate
0: journey yeah 100% and I think you touched on a big thing which actually I haven't heard anyone speak about in a while but like with intuitive eating like it rose to popularity a few years ago where everyone was like oh you shouldn't track your food you know you have to intuitively eat but to be able to intuitively eat and do it properly, you've got to go through that period of tracking. You can't just give somebody, you know, an intuitive eating thing because like they're not going to know unless they've actually tracked. So the people who, I guess, the people who popularized it a few years ago, saying this is the only way to do it, this is how, like, this is how I stay in shape. I just eyeball my food. Are probably people who spent years and years and years tracking it, but they weren't relaying that message on social media, and so people thought, well, how come? that person can intuitively eat and just eyeball their food and stay in that incredible shape. And I can't, because I fall to pieces every time I try to not track, you know, but it's the fact that they've spent so long doing it, that it becomes second nature. They know exactly what's in all the food, but then they can eyeball
1: it to a good level and they can have that, that flexibility to intuitively eat, you know? Yeah. But I feel, I feel like there's a general lack of, of education around nutrition. I feel like that's what people struggle with the most. And a lot of people will will do um, you know, popular swimming world, Weight Watchers, we're allowed to say the names, aren't we? You know, and they'll yeah. do all these things and they'll get results. And then you'll ask them, like, like, why did you get the results? And they don't know. Yeah. They're like, well, I, f- I followed this and I got results, but they don't actually know the reasons. Well, they don't understand they got that because of the energy balance. They don't understand they're in a deficit. They don't understand that they increase their protein and that yeah. help can satiate them in the thermic effect of food. They don't understand the reason why. So As a coach, I would like to think that any client that comes on a program with me, I always explain this at the start, like if you were to write down everything that you know and understand now about nutrition and then compare it to like what you know when you sort of graduate as such throughout the program, be chalk and cheese. And once you've got that knowledge, that's you sorted them for life. And, you know, you'll have that knowledge to be able to spot. No, that's a fad diet. That doesn't make sense. Complete rubbish. You can spot one a mile off. And, you know, you'll have the knowledge and the understanding to go, right, you know what, I want to drop four or five pounds before holiday. I'm just going to make these few tweaks. I can do that. Right, I'm losing a little bit too much weight. Boom, boom, boom. Make a few of these tweaks and you can do that. Yeah, and I think, man, like coaches
0: are nearly scared to teach their clients too much. Well, the the bad coaches, I guess, are because they want them to be reliant on them. But the goal with every client is they'll do their time. And like most people who leave me, it'll be their something big, like, say financial something comes up they don't want to leave but the other reason is it'll be you know I think I've learned enough from you mate like you know we've done 12 weeks six months whatever whatever time and they're like mate honestly like I'm in such a good place and as a coach that's where you kind of want everyone to get to like you'll have those ones who do to have financial two coming on three years and that's great if they want to stay that long because they enjoy the experience but I mean, as a, as a quality coach, we want to give all this knowledge to clients so that then, that whether they stay with us
1: or not, they can just do things themselves and be confident enough to do that, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's, it's always a, a compliment as well when a client would say, you know, a common message would be, you know, something like, oh, this is a lot easier than I thought. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, I'm sure you've had that message before. And, uh, you know, that goes back to what I said before. I think people overcomplicate it and actually when you break it down like you don't need to do these extreme diets you don't need to do this it it isn't that complicated um and the method that i try and coach to my clients the majority like busy professionals you know so they're not going to have time to you know track every single macro on on my fitness pal so i have other methods that just fit in a lot easier around their lifestyle just to make it easier for them um because as long as they can sustain it long term it's going to work yeah yeah man and in terms of the
0: nutrition side when these people come to you for a for a consult before they get started like is there any sort of big myths that you know commonly come up like oh i don't eat after six because you know or my metabolism slowed down or keto is the
1: best because of this like is there anything that's common across the board that you would see a lot um well yesterday on a phone call um i heard the starvation reason the starvation uh, mode yeah, And this uh, the, this woman thought obviously she wasn't getting the results that she wanted because she felt, felt like her body had gone into starvation mode, um, which I completely get why she would think because it's spoken about a lot. And again, if, if someone hadn't taught you that, why wouldn't you know that was a myth? Do you know what I mean? So and then just explain to people, you know, that isn't a myth. Uh, and ultimately, if you were in a calorie deficit for a prolonged period of time, not just a few days or a few weeks, for a prolonged period of time, that weight would always come down. So the reason you're not losing weight, it's not because you're not eating enough. Yeah. It's actually the opposite, and you're probably eating a lot more than you realize. Yeah,
0: yeah. And if you look at something like, obviously, I think it's a Minnesota starvation program or whatever that was called, where they actually starved people in, like, the 50s or way back and they're allowed to do that in the name of science. Like, they, they all lost a lot of weight. Like, they all starved. Like, no, no one was sitting holding a heap of body fat because their calories were too low you know
1: yeah um, another one's carbs like yeah. they've just got that such bad stigma around them like nobody uh, likes to have carbs or they believe that carbs are, are the enemy but i'm a, like a massive advocate of right let's obviously control your calories but within that let's get your carbohydrates as high as possible um you know because if you are looking to achieve a body transformation the one thing you really want to be focused on is building muscle building muscle is what is going to make you look better and when you go into the gym and lift weights what's the main fuel source at high intensity carbs so it makes no sense to starve yourself of carbohydrates because all that's going to happen you might feel good for a bit but if you're training at a good intensity your training performance is going to drop so my mindset is very much like right let's control your calories let's get your protein right bum bum, step one step two now with the calories that are left let's try and get some carbs up as high as possible and get you eating carbs in and around your workout let's get you strong let's get you performing well in the gym um as opposed to just restricting them uh, and yeah. you know it's, it's always a common message i can't believe how many carbs i can eat and still lose weight um yeah. or or sometimes when you suggest calories or a food plan to someone and they see it and they go i can't eat that many carbs why not (laughs) like yeah there's 200 grams of carbs but they're all factored for within your calorie i can't do that just try it just see how you get on see how you find it oh actually i feel amazing you know yeah and obviously who doesn't like eating carbs everyone likes eating carbs and it's 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 going to be a lot lot easier to adhere to a calorie deficit if it's full of foods that you enjoy
0: yeah yeah. and what so why in your opinion do carbs get such a bad rap or why do so many people fall into that trap right we know they love eating carbs potatoes bread rice people love these foods right but they're scared to put them in the plan a lot because well i don't i don't even know the reason why right because it's something you enjoy eating
1: it's going to fuel performance well it's, it's, it's a myth isn't it you know like the car after six and, and you know Chinese whispers things get passed around but then the other thing I think is it's the relationship it has on the scales mm-hmm. you know so if anybody lowers their carbs for a week they're going to lose weight fact yeah because as you lower your carbs and as long as you're still burning calories through steps and cardio and, and training you lower your glycogen as soon as your glycogen stores lower you know it's like having a car that's got less petrol in it, it's going to weigh less 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 carbs less water your body's going to hold on to so people have done this they cut their carbs for a week they step on the scales they see the reduction in the weight they go oh i've lost four or five pounds of body fat it's the carbs it's the carbs yeah. and again that comes back to the education of just trying to coach clients understand the relationship with water and carbohydrates and glycogen and what water weight is and almost like that week one false reading And once people understand that, it makes a lot more sense. Um, But it's always going to be hard to get out of people's heads when you can go on a low-carb diet and drop weight instantly. Yeah,
0: yeah, fair man, fair. And one thing, moving away from the nutrition, you obviously mentioned sleep's a big factor. So let's just segue towards that a little bit. What would you say for these people coming in, because it's probably going to be the same for a lot of people here, what's the common mistakes people are making with
1: their sleep and how can we sort of try and fix that? Um, well, people just don't prioritize it. I think it is plain and simple. Um, they don't prioritize it. And it's probably that one time of the day where people just sit, relax, de stress, and just sit on that sofa and just sort of, you know, watch a few episodes of Netflix and they're going to bed too late and just not prioritizing it. Being exposed to technology late at night is a killer. You know, any sort of ta- tablet like this iPad in front of me, the phone. It's going to mess, you know, the blue light's going to affect your melatonin levels. It's just going to make sleep really, really hard. Um, But then also I always try and just explain to people how, you know, if you do have a bad night's sleep, just one. And obviously we've both experienced that having young kids, haven't we? Like yeah. just one bad night of sleep it makes dieting literally 10 times as hard. You yeah. know, your, your ghrelin can go up, your hunger hormone goes up and just it's so hard Um, and i feel like as soon as you get someone sleeping well and when i would say well i'd say like at least seven hours you just feel so good for it you know and you know normally that sells itself to people um but yeah just getting to prioritize it getting them to take some pride in it you know to actually get good quality sleep staying off technology um would be a big one and then if i had to just say one more quickly be coffee or caffeine should i say caffeine yeah. is killer people love their coffee the office 100%. workers boom coffee 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 and so many people and i have i, I call it the, the caffeine curfew so you know sort of cut off yeah and just like you've got to have a cut off and people are like, well why like well coffee <laughs> coffee stays in your system for quite a while probably about seven hours you know it could be more um know, yeah, yeah. some people are very very sensitive to coffee and people don't know that, you know, and they're there yeah. in the office in the afternoon, smashing an espresso, a double espresso, going into Starbucks, and they're wondering why they can't switch off at night.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Free
1: workout, right? They train the evening and they still take oh, a free workout yeah. at five. Think about it, that's even stronger. Yeah. But
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, okay, perfect. And so just to clear it up, when you say seven hours of sleep, so say I wake at four o'clock every morning would you be putting me to bed at nine o'clock to be in bed for seven hours or do you mean seven hours of tracked sleep
1: yeah so normally that would equate to eight hours in bed you get up at four by the way yeah before every morning man <laughs> what are you doing the rock the rocks routine <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had his cheat meals huh yeah no gosh that's early but no so yeah i mean so i track i've got a whoop absolutely love it i'm not sure i think have you got a ring have you got the aura yeah i've got the aura ring yeah yeah um i'd always encourage someone to get something you know even if it's a fitbit um i don't think the apple watches are very good because the battery but you have to charge them overnight don't you the apple watches it so that's not great but i'd have some sort of device um i think Whoop's brilliant um and because it just gives you a little print screen every morning and it just reviews everything and every day when i wake up part of the morning routine always just load it up and have a look and I'm always just constantly trying to get that hit that seven hour mark anything above that brilliant that's a bonus um but anything you try anything you measure and you track you're more aware of you know and that could be a simple tweak that people aren't doing right now you know they track their steps maybe they're tracking their calories maybe they're tracking their workouts and what weight they're lifting but then when it comes to sleep they're not taking any pride in it And it's a fact that if you start tracking it and you're more mindful of it, you're going to put more effort into it. Yeah. hundred percent. mate, hundred percent. So yeah, that clears it up. And then what
0: about the caffeine curfew you mentioned? So you said about that sort of seven, seven hour half life of, of caffeine in the body. What time do you have that curfew at? Is it, three two one twelve like what time do you get your guys to cut it off
1: normally yeah i've changed that over the years so i think i used to say two or three i think i used to say three o'clock because then 10 like that and then i brought it to two i brought it a little bit earlier and now my latest what i say to everyone now is like a.m. p.m so you know if the clock says a.m i have a coffee but once it goes p.m just just knock it on the head because like i said like i've read all these articles where everyone's depends how well you mobilize caffeine and how sensitive you are some people you know you might be having a coffee at three o'clock thinking well it's, you know it's only in my bloodstream for seven hours etc cetera, etc cetera. but it could be a lot more yeah. so if you go for am pm you're giving yourself a lot longer probably if you go into bed at 10 9 or 10 you're giving yourself nine or 10 hours and i feel like that's sort of safe and then if you do need the most common question well the most common time most people might train is that after work slot so you're getting to the gym at like six or seven. Yeah. Um, and then if you do need an extra boost, then that's where I'd recommend something like a non-stim pre-workout, yeah. which a lot of people haven't got a clue exists. You know, yeah. like obviously people think pre-workouts and and, 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 all, and all the stimulate stimulus, stimulus ones. Um, but non-stim are brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you, you take them yourself? Would you recommend them? I used to like only take non-stim stuff.
0: Um, And then just sort of just, I would just take nootropics now, like in the morning or whatever. But um, yeah, I used to like love the non-stims because I hate being like rattled by a pre-workout, but I used to like love the pump element of a pre-workout. But yeah, I think a lot of them just have like good quality
1: nootropics in them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's like citrulline, you know, citrulline that's going to give you a better pump and, you know, arginine, things like this, different ones in there, but they are very, very good. And even a big effect of any pre-workout is just going to be the placebo. You know, yeah. so if you are taking some pre-workout, chances are you're going to have a better workout just like telling yourself, "Oh, I've taken a non-stim pre-workout." Yeah, yeah, for yeah. for
0: so that covers sleep nicely. Um, what about training? Right, so we've we've covered the nutrition side, which is like you said, the biggest lever. Sleep will like make everything a lot better, but what about training? What's the, I guess, what's the mistake? Let's go down that route again of these guys who come to you. What are they currently doing? Like, are they doing body pump classes and spinning? Are they trying to do too
1: much in the week? Are they doing too little? Like what's the common themes? Common themes would be um, probably a lot of people are training enough, um, but I'd probably say investing their efforts into the wrong splits, the wrong exercises Potentially, and 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 just simply not training hard enough. Yeah, you know, like muscle is freaking hard to build for anyone. Yeah. um yeah. you got to train hard, and, yeah. and you know, you've obviously got to get your technique spot on. Call that stage one. A lot of people fall at that hurdle, but you got to push hard, and you've got to be chasing that progressive overload, and that's very very hard to do if you're not recording your workouts, just following the same split, you know, week after week, trying to progress your lifts going back to what we said about the nutrition you know so much information out there same with training and i think a lot of well I was going to say guys but i think everyone they almost just change stuff too often you know one week they're doing this one week they're doing that one week they're training with the mate one week they're doing drop sets then they're doing gvt and it's just like whoa 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 just stick to a simple program you know and and often straight sets for someone who's just starting is more than is is more than you need to strip it back you know you don't need to be doing drop sets supersets all this stuff all the time just straight sets progressive progressive overload set yourself some training goals and just progress it with like like that um and then probably the next one i'm thinking as well would just be you know like the, the bro splits or you know someone who you know the bmi is high they are classed as obese they are overweight but then they're going to invest their time in you know going to the gym to do four or five chest exercises one day now i get why people would do that because it almost seems like you know, that's the only way to train. But obviously investing your time into doing a different split, something like upper, lower, upper, lower, or push, pull legs, or something more compound-based where you're going to be hitting bigger muscle groups for someone at that stage of their journey is going to be so much more beneficial. So getting people on the right training splits, training at the right intensity, but then actually tracking their workouts as well and chasing that progressive overload, almost just simplify it but just get really, really good at the simple stuff.
0: Yeah, I man, 100%. And sometimes like people get caught by that shiny object syndrome thinking I need to do more oh, or all says, this yeah. fancy stuff. And, mate, they just don't need it, to be honest, right? But like, yeah. what about in terms of... So when you set a program like that, you said people get drawn into the one week to do something, then they change up the next rather than stick to that one lift that then gets better every week. How often would you change up a program? Do you like change it? Some coaches do four weeks of split. Some people do like 12-week running it. Would you
1: do longer than 12 weeks? What's your current take on it? So as a general rule, six. Okay, yeah. so if someone's doing, say, a 12-week program, there'll be two six-week blocks. And yeah. the way I would articulate that to the client is like week one is go in, find your numbers, just work everything out, set your benchmarks. And then you've got five weeks to beat yourself. So week two, week three, just beat yourself. Week seven, new programme. When I say new programme, I don't mean literally like there's 20 new exercises. You know, a lot of the exercises will be continued from the front one to, you know, it might be a box squat for weeks one to six and then you might go on to a normal squat you know it's the same movement but maybe a different range of motion you yeah. might be doing a bench press and then moving on to a dumbbell chest press you know similar move, movements just slight variations yeah and then and then do that for six weeks but obviously working with a large number of clients over the years everyone's got different personality types you know yeah. and some clients will follow the same program for 12 weeks because they want to because that's what yeah. suits them other clients will like li- literally message me after a week and say like have I got have I got a new program next week <laughs> I'm Like, well you've literally done you've done one week no you haven't yeah. got a new program but then to compromise for that to to obviously make the client happy I might go in and, and just tweak some exercises every four weeks so that yeah. they're feeling like they're getting more change but I do think that there's no magic answer with that like the perfect answer isn't change it every six weeks I yeah, think yeah. the right answer is depending on your personality type, depending on how much you like change and how bored you get, and the new stimulus. Select which one works for you from there. Yeah, hundred percent,
0: Yeah, and I, I agree that there's no real set perfect way to do it. I personally do twelve weeks, and like whenever I've done my own stuff before, with, and when I've been coached by some high level coaches, I got the best results when I see the same could thing for twenty weeks straight, and then the coach nearly had to fight me to change it because I was like. I think this is still working, bro. You know, um, so I yeah. do twelve weeks, mate, and then just get them to literally log book their lifts. and And the fun comes, for, in my opinion, with training rather than the variety. It comes from seeing every week like that little one point two five on each side of the bar, or two and a half or five, whatever that jump is. Seeing right, oh, I fucking beat that for more reps, more, more, yeah, yeah. more, maybe not sets, but maybe more reps, more weight, better technique. Like to me, that's where the fun comes in, and the people who normally would sort of program hop or at least want that stimulus of new exercises i find that like when they'd stop fighting me and say i'll just try it and it's a lot of my lifts and i'll try it try it that way like they end up like nearly where i'll send in the plan and they're not even realizing that their their 12-week plan is due you know it's like oh thank you so much for the plan you know because they're having so much fun
1: with increasing it week on week yeah so the the coach that works for me Mark he's actually he's a natural bodybuilder you know he's up there with the best he's phenomenal I was chatting to him at the weekend for I think for his latest competition he literally ran the same program for six months he didn't change a thing it was literally the same workout again and again and again and because it was working and like every week he dropped weight every week he to like why would I change it and I was just like that's just brilliant you know it doesn't need to be Every four to six weeks, like he literally ran it for six months, didn't change a thing, yeah, yeah. but he it's just incredible. did it ruthlessly consistently. Yeah. Same with his food, just so yeah. consistent.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. And in terms of me at night, like with this podcast, I looked at the, the stats 62% of the listeners are female, according to Spotify, and where I uploaded to. So, with a female split, like what would you tend to gravitate towards? for an average client and again i know the answer is it depends on the person but have you got most coaches have some sort of a bias with this where they'll go towards an upper lower or a push pull legs or a full body three times a week with a top up session like what what would you personally try to start most people with
1: um i wouldn't say i've got a favorite split as such but the, the difference between a female and a male program it, it's going to be more volume a hell of a lot longer and generally the rest period is going to be a lot less yeah i don't know if you've been in the same situation i always remember when i trained with my missus my wife amy we went to the gym and we set up two squat racks this was at emporium in, in birmingham and i was there and I was, I was loading up the weight like one plate two plates like three plates getting up to like 140 decent weight and i was doing like five reps and then I'd sit down and like Amy had like 50 or 60 on the bar next to me and she'd do like 10 reps and literally I'd sit down and I'm like, right, I'm going to have my three minute rest. Like 30, 30 seconds later, 60 seconds later, she was like, what do we do now? And I was like, yeah. you rest. <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm good to go. And I'm like, yeah. And then she'd be yeah. like a minute later, good to go again. Bang, bang. And yeah. so like the, the difference with guys that you generally as a whole, not all the time, generally lift heavier, and have a have longer rest periods uh, but women like higher volume more frequency recover quicker between workouts recover quicker between sets um and, and just but but like all between males and females again just focusing on some big compound lifts what i sometimes call some like key performance indicator lifts you know and that's generally picking your favorite exercise on that lower body day it might be you know it might be sumo deadlifts it might be box squats it might be good mornings whatever the exercise but just getting better at it consistently yeah. getting better at it week after week after week and chase, chasing that performance and then towards the end of the workout especially with females as well some more blood blood lactate work some higher volume work you know because also as well I feel like when you do that at the end of the workout it just finishes the workout nicely like everyone likes that pump you know and there are obviously a lot of benefits to it everyone likes that blood flow that pump that feeling of yeah. feeling well worked it's nice to leave a workout when you've done that, the strength works great, but everyone likes that volume at the end as well. Yeah, I mean, And amazing. I mean, like every
0: time you speak about something, I'm like, that's, that's similar to what I do. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, so. I mean, it's like we're the, the same coach or we've had the same mentors or the same sort of rough, rough journey, which is, uh, it made, and it's good to see. And obviously there's no set approach. Like people don't have to agree with, with each other and the way we're saying things here, but, um, it just goes to show you that, you know, a lot of the times, like, I guess when we're planning stuff as coaches, we sometimes think, oh, is that the right thing? Is that, is that because there's something better? We're always kind of looking for the best thing for our clients. But when somebody comes on and that pretty much lays out exactly how you do things, it's like, okay, so I'm pretty, pretty spot on because, um, you know, it's, it's good, man. It's good, good to hear uh, but, I we'll on to the segue again away from the client stuff. Let's talk about your personal stuff because you came from the bodybuilding 2013 Miami Pro champion and um, now eight years on. How has your training changed?
1: How has the lifestyle changed from that rigid sort of bodybuilding approach? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really good question because it's non comparable now. Like, life is just so much different yeah. now um, compared to what it was of just simply being single back in, you know, 2013. 13 14 15 and 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 that lifestyle I went down a real rabbit hole with, with that lifestyle which I feel like a lot of people do because it's not something you can go into like half-hearted you're either in it or you're not and I was just like I went down that rabbit hole and I was in and I was like you know if you just judged life by my physique you'd be like he's doing good but then obviously when you zoom out and look at things from like a 360 perspective and like, well, you know, my social life with, you know, my friends from school wasn't really seeing them as much was turning down things. You know, you know, it restricts you socially and maybe with family, they're not eating and drinking, you know, it affects things. And then life just naturally changed. You know, I met my wife, life changed, had my son, life changed. And it's just it was a direction that I I remember being at that sort of crossroads like do I go do I do I go again do I go do another competition or or do I want to go down this way and life naturally just sort of led me another way and I feel like in that era if you're doing that as a coach as in if you look that way if you compete I naturally attracted clients who wanted to do the same thing and as life sort of evolved from 2015 to say now you know, I I don't compete. I don't really upload selfies anymore. Um, you know, not that I'm fat now, but I just, (laughs) you know, I just, it's not like the be all or end all of my business anymore. And it's all about balance. And I'm always just talking about balance and how to just try to like maintain a good physique, but actually, you know, train hard as well, have a social life, be there for your kids as well, actually, and just getting it all as a whole. But my training used to be all lifting weights. And being six foot three and I used to be about over about 105 kilogram lean, I could get away with pretty much not doing cardio. It was literally weight training and and control my calories. I did very little. Whereas now, uh, fast forward now, like a normal week for me would look like I would try to get to the gym three times. And for me, that's normally push, pull legs, my free uh, lifting sessions. But then actually within that, I would try and do two cardio sessions a week as well. Um, So I I like the bike and I like the rower and I actually just take a lot of pride in the cardio side of things, just from a longevity standpoint, you know, just trying to get my resting heart rate down though, trying to improve my cardio performance. Um, And it's not so much emphasis on trying to get as big as possible. I, I, you know, I'll always do those three sessions a week. I feel like that maintains my size and that's what I'm happy with. And the cardio as well improves my longevity layer on top of that a daily walk every day with the dog and and that's my training week um you know a lot of people still think i train five six days a week in the gym i'm like no no just just haven't got time anymore you know busy business family things like this um so three days a week i'm lucky to have cardio equipment at home which is the best investment i ever had because it just saves me that commute to the gym which is half an hour i could just do cardio at home um, and and that's how my training looks nowadays. Nice, man. And what are you still training in, around Emporium in
0: that? Or have you got a different gym membership now? Obviously, Emporium is a very bodybuilding-based gym um, versus, yeah. you know, the th- likes of a pure gym, which there might be heaps of them around where
1: you are now, I, I would guess. Yeah, no, I like to change my some little gym slot, like to hop or hop and change. I oh, do yeah? a couple of months at, a couple of months at one and then I like a change of scenery and then I go to a different one. I, I like the change of environment. So I've changed gyms a lot. Yeah. And it's generally nowadays like I go to one that's well, it takes me 10 minutes in the morning. So it's it's based around convenience and it's just got everything that I need. So yeah, fair
0: enough, Yeah, man. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. And it sounds like everything's sort of designed so you can give the family time you get to give the business time but then you also just keep on top of your own personal standards you know and keep that strength or keep that muscle or keep the the cardio there which is obviously important with your son and the wife and everything like that family i think when a family comes along it makes you think more about the longevity and stuff rather than just the the whole
1: aesthetic side right yeah definitely now i've got my i've got my non-negotiables which you know i'm sure a lot of people have that just you know, and actually the last two weeks that I've had, you know, obviously I was in Edinburgh last week for Neil's yeah. and then I was away in London for a week. I feel like I've literally had the busiest two weeks ever, but just got certain what I call non-negotiables that I do each day that even when life gets busy, just sort of they anchor me, keep me on track. You know, the water, you know, c- controlling my food and, and just these certain principles that I have. One of them I just have in my head, like never miss a Monday you know yeah. so monday morning i was shattered from the weekend because such a busy week i was like i am not missing monday morning session Just yeah. made a point i was in that gym on monday morning and i just feel like when you get that first one done on a monday morning that sort of always sets you up nicely for a week just to make sure i get my free in yeah perfect man and then what do you personally
0: do with your food like obviously having family like do you keep it pretty strict during the weekend and then relax a bit on the weekend, but still track? Or do you have completely untracked meals at the weekend? Do you flexy in treats at the weekend and not have like
1: pure untracked meals? Like what do you personally do for your food? So if I had to, exp- I would probably say a lot of the meals are quite similar. So breakfast is the same 90% of the time. Often lunch would be very, very similar. So just like chicken, rice, veg. Yep. real simple real boring but the type of meal you just batch cook three or four times for simplicity no yep. need to think about it a lot of the snacks just have tasty snacks that i enjoy fruit um and then the evening meal would always just be something you know that's cooked fresh i'd cook something different my wife would cook it but you know i, I intuitively eat you know going yep. back to what we we're talking about earlier and i can do that and, and maintain things but just every I don't know, couple months, I might say, right. And I will just call it an audit and I would just jump onto my fitness pal, keep eating what I'm eating and just go like, right, I think I'm eating three and a half thousand, but let's just double check that. And then more than often than not, I go, oh, actually I'm not, I'm probably not eating, you know, it's more than, it's less than a So Just have a yeah. little check, reset things, go again, another couple months eating like that. And then generally if I looked in the mirror and felt like I'd put on a bit of weight or the opposite, I'd just make a few slight adjustments and just run like that really but it's certainly not you know it's not strict rigid you know bodybuilder type of nutrition there's, there's a lot yeah. of flexibility in there but it's obviously easier to be more flexible with stuff I mean my, my training age is 20 or 21 years I've been training yeah. um so over the years you've built some muscle and then when you stay active with things like a dog walk every day and you train, say, three times a week. For someone my height with a decent amount of muscle, there is what I call a decent amount of wiggle room. You know? yeah. So if I yeah. do for, do you know what, I fancy a pizza or I fancy a curry at the weekend, commonly will, that can be factored into your calories easily. You know. Yeah. Whereas I always think when someone says to me, who's, who's the hardest type of person to achieve weight loss? I'd always say someone like a female naturally has got less muscle. Someone who's shorter in height, you know, maybe a female who's five foot, and then yeah. maybe if you lay on top, someone who's maybe a desk worker, so their steps alone as well, they're going to be like the hardest type of individual to, to lose weight. And yeah. I think I'm lucky because I'm probably the opposite end of the scale. Yeah, yeah, fair
0: man. Fair. All makes sense, man, and all sounds like a very balanced approach and like something that you can easily stick to. And I like the idea of intuitively eating, but then having that audit saying hang on let me just check like let me bind this all in and make sure it's actually where yeah, i'm at yeah. so you can sort of readjust and realign that's killer man is that um, similar to you um sort of me i just like to I, I set my meals where if anything changes with my macros i've got a coach that i just want to take it all out of my, my own hands so i set the meals i know what to eat and i, I literally program at once and then i know those meals like off by heart yeah. and i just eat the same thing every day and then i'll just have uh bit of flexibility in the weekend, like a Saturday night, will be a meal on the sofa with the missus. We'll just sort of take away like burgers or occasionally pizza, but mainly it's burgers. We got a killer burger joint just down the road from our house, so we always just get Uber eats on a Saturday night, and maybe just a couple of gins. And uh that, that's that for me. That Saturday night is that just a little oh, okay? I'm not going to track this. It's going to be over my my calories for the day. I don't really even track in our car. And it's just that's that one little thing to then i just get back back on track on, on Sunday and I just have that like that plan. I'll just be quite not I guess it's the opposite to you in that I plan it and then I just sort of stick to it and I don't really change much. It's kind of rigid like that, but it's also it's got enough fun in there where it's just like, OK, I like that's what I that's what I crave. I crave the routine of having the set meals for every yeah. single meal. And then the weekend is just like, okay, relax
1: because I'm, I'm relaxing and chilling out and it's not work mode as such. Yeah. But what you just said there is, you know, cause a common question would someone would ask me is like, how do I stay in shape, but also have a social life? Yeah. And I think the answer to that is exactly what you just said to have flexibility, you need structure. Yeah. And, and, and you've got that structure, which people lack Monday to Friday, things are the same. So, then if you want to have a gin or something at the weekend, you know you've got that flexibility. Yeah. But people want the flexibility without the structure. Yeah. So you've got yeah, to get that exactly. structure first. Yeah. And that, do you
0: find that that's, that's a hard thing with teaching people the flexible diet? Is that they kind of they can't eat on the go and they haven't really got that daily daily plan, I guess, or even a rough idea? Obviously, like you're intuitive eating now, but you can, you've got an idea of what's happening there, but they just sort of grab and go and then track it later. And it's like, they're like, oh shit, i have really over my fats or I thought I was eating more protein during yeah. the day, but now I've got 50 grams to eat and I'm a five foot female
1: yeah. and I've got a 50 gram protein portion here, you know? Yeah, that's so I call that reactive tracking. There's like proactive and reactive. Reactive. Yeah, literally just grabbing food and then when it's empty you scan the back of it and try and backtrack and work out what you've had being proactive is actually just having a plan in advance and and planning so there's a big difference but then also it's going to depend where you are you know on your journey in a body transformation so like if you've been neglecting your health for 10 15 years you know you can have to get pretty structured with things at the start and and eat a lot you know a lot of the same food saying just start makers of progress first and then you will almost earn the right as your body Composition improves as your weight comes down as you build more muscle. You almost like earn the right to get more flexible with stuff. Yeah. But a lot of people kind of like just want to skip to this part here, straight to the the flexible dieting. But I do think you need to. Obviously, the leaner you are, it's going to be a little bit easier to be more flexible with foods. Yeah, me a hundred percent. And me, I'm
0: conscious of time just because that like we've thought for probably an hour and I know if I keep asking (laughs) questions, if I keep asking questions, I'll probably be on here for another hour because it's, it's one of those conversations I'm really enjoying having. Um, but let's go to what is potentially coming up for you. Like what's, what's coming up in 2022 for you and the
1: business? Um, well, a lot of, I think by the time this comes out, um, well, I've, I've had a new addition to the business, which is really good. I've also just taken on Mark, which has been fantastic. And he's done phenomenal uh, with a lot of the clients that have worked on the 12-week shoot challenge. Yeah. Um, so he's been a great addition to the business. And then we've also got Annie, who's joining the team, who's going to be our in-house mindset coach. Yeah. So really just going down the route in, in 2022 is, I know my speciality and what I'm good at and what Mark's good at as well. But now we will bring bringing Annie in, so really just sort of like give it this 360 approach, because as you know, a lot of this stuff can be in your head, like the psychology around the body transformation. Um, so she's going to be working with all our clients on that, which I hope is only going to lead to better results. Um, and hopefully that's what 2022 entails, just helping more clients, share my method of doing stuff, getting more results, life changing body transformations and, and just keep enjoying the process. Amazing, man. Amazing.
0: And yeah, I warned you about this whenever we, we entered that there was one question <laughs> that I hope I to be answered. you don't know what it is. So I think I've only missed this. Um, This will be episode eight, if I remember right. Episode seven, I forgot to ask the guest, Graham, but I think hopefully I'll have asked everyone else apart from Graham. But what is one bit of advice that you could give yourself if you were to go back 10 years to your younger version? So we're talking the Adam who was in the Miami pro days um, and Ryan, that sort of time of your life, if you could go back now with everything, you know, and everything you've learned, what would you tell yourself?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I didn't know what it was going to be before. So the um, I would probably say, rewinding the clocks, I would say to invest in myself quicker. I feel I've invested a lot in myself today. Um, But it took me a long time to actually pull the trigger and start doing that. And I've had two um, proper mentors with with business. Um, But the first mentor that I actually worked with, um, it took me years to do that. And the only thing that was stopping me was my self being too stubborn and too proud. Like, no, I don't need help. I can do this on my own. And I wish just from day one, I invested in a mentor to someone actually just stick the sat nav on for me and guide me whereas you know as I was talking about earlier in the conversation like a lot of the years at the start of my coaching business I was kind of just like a busy fool just trying to do stuff myself too proud I don't need help I can do this on myself and I maybe wasted a few years then when I could have made more progress just having someone guide me and I just think wherever you are in your coaching business or just yourself you know it's never you can always invest in someone, you know, and, yeah. and it's not a negative thing to have a coach. You just mentioned you've, you've got multiple coaches now, haven't you? Yeah. Um, so I'd say that was my biggest mistake, not investing in myself early enough and uh, regretting those first few years. Yeah, I mean, perfect. And that's huge advice me that people
0: can obviously take on board, whether they're, they're coaches listening to this, whether they're uh, general public listening to this, because whether they're thinking of investing in a fitness coach or they're a coach who wants a business coach, it's just actually thinking of that as uh, less of an expense, but more of actually thinking of it as an investment to like repurpose that in your head, mate. So I think that's,
1: that's a killer well, there's one. Nothing, there's, there's nothing better to invest in, isn't there? You know, you've got 100%. money spent investing in yourself, whatever, whether that's a physio, a chiropractor, a personal trainer, or a business, whatever it is, if it's going back into yourself, it, it, it's money well spent, isn't it? Yeah, 100%,
0: man. that That's a great one to end on, mate. So man, I wanted to thank you so much for your time tonight. Like this is literally... I, genuinely was thinking okay, I could talk for at least another 20 minutes with this guy and just keep asking questions. So it's been one of my favorites of this series. Uh, hopefully the, the audience agree. And guys, if you have enjoyed this, take a screenshot, tag me, tag Adam and uh, give him a follow his link. If you like clicking a link to find him, the link will be in that you can click and you can go and find his profile. But Adam, in case people don't like clicking
1: links and the easy way, how can they go and search you later on, on, uh, on Instagram? Yeah. I, yeah, I was just think the easiest one is Instagram because then that links to everything else. But my Instagram is just my name. So it's at Adam James double Par, P-A-R-R. Yeah, perfect, mate. Perfect. Mate, thank you so much for your time. This has been an incredible
0: conversation and I know that the audience are going to love it. So hopefully you get some new followers and hopefully people get tagging us so that we know this one's went down really well.
1: Cheers, I appreciate it. Thanks, mate.
0: Thanks for joining me on today's episode of The O Show. If you know somebody who needs to hear this episode today, please share this with them via message or on social media. Don't forget to also take a screenshot and share it on your story and tag me at Oren McCurry so we can continue to grow the podcast and help more people change their lives with the advice given here. Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes as that helps people who normally wouldn't listen to the show find it and get The O Show in their ears and drive the podcast forward to help more people around the world with the advice here. Have a great day and I will speak to you soon.